welcome to Worlds Collide, the wrestling card podcast for wrestling fans by wrestling fans, featuring Tony Bella from WrestlingTradingCards.com. This is like a, a stock market. Like- and Zan Morning from Wrestling With Cards on YouTube. And I'm not saying there's a right or wrong answer, I'm just posing the question. Join them as they navigate the world of wrestling cards, helping you build a bigger and better collection and making some money along the way. What is up, wrestling fans and trading card collectors? Worlds Collide, back again. Here we are. Tony, welcome. We got a doozy of a show today. Um, The ever-changing landscape of markets and popularity. And, you know, back in the day, I say back in the day, it seems like it was like last year, wrestling cards were already, like, can you believe it? One year, how big of a difference wrestling cards, like where we are now compared to where we were a year ago. It's like the pop the popularity there's more popularity which i you know harped on forever i was like hey let's get more people into wrestling cards they're slowly starting to see it but at the same time we're starting to see markets fall off of stuff that was you know thought that was thought to be grail cards uh, mm-hmm. popularity of newer more modern sets and a whole you know separate sector of people coming in and wanting to go that route and just kind of the argumentativeness and with markets down and people are trying to sell but they want top dollar and that we just got a lot of talk a lot to talk about today so probably going to get some people's feelings hurt no intent no intent purposes there. i mean i'm not not definitely not going to intentionally go after anybody specifically and call anybody out for however they do because everybody collects uh and 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 sells uh, we all do it uh, have different approaches to it so sure uh, there, there's no real 100% right way to do things like that. There are definitely some wrong ways of doing it, but uh, there's no uh, 100% right way to do everything. I mean, whatever works for you works for you. But yeah, this hobby has really changed dramatically. I mean, even if in the last year, like you said, last year, hell, I go back even here before that. We go into 2021 going like, wow, what's going on, man? 2020, what a what a year in, in the hobby and collectors like that. And again, 2021 is like, hell my beer. <laughs> and then, yeah. uh, and then we have all these changes going on and uh, new licensing agreements and fanatics into the field and all these different things going on. And it's like, Oh my God, I mean, whew, what a year that was. And then 2022 goes, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> yep. And like, I, I, you know, we've said this several times, some of us predicted this would be the biggest card, the biggest year for wrestling cards, but even I, I had no idea so much of this stuff was going to be, I, you know, there were certain things I was like, yep, that's going to change. This is going to be more expensive, yada, yada, yada. But mm-hmm. then we're starting to see like, you know, again, with the fanatics thing, who could have called that? Um, we're starting to see kind of division within certain sectors of people don't want certain cards anymore and they want these newer things. And I was like, oh, well, that's kind of new. I would never expect that. So um, let's just kick it off with some general observations of, um, different things we've seen like market-wise it cha- kind of changing in the hobby um, I'll just give I'll, I'll kick it off with a prime example it's like these weird things that I just can't put my can't put my finger on not too long ago we had the PSA 9 John Cena 2002 Royal Rumble Fleer sell for just shy of $2,000 Brett McGrath shout out Stacking Slabs podcast great podcast you guys should go check it out 100% passionate collector and really into wrestling cards anyhow the, the, G, the, the Jesus of our hobby. Yeah, he's been called. Yeah. <laughs> so he he sold his, and it was again just shy of two thousand. Uh, I put mine up not too long ago. It actually ended last week, and I think it sold for like 
like eleven, twelve hundred dollars. It was like a mm-hmm. huge discrepancy for the same grade. And I was just thinking, you know, what has happened with John Cena in the past month that made his price go down specifically like eight hundred dollars or so? And mm-hmm. I've seen this with other things too. I mean, Tony, I've talked to you offline. Like mm-hmm. I was I got some rock gold stuff back. It wasn't chrome, but it was still gold out of fifty, just like the chromes. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually just recently sold it. Uh, I had to take money off the table because, you know, we've talked about not squeezing every dollar out of something and just taking what you know you have your margins in. Yep. But, you know, we see a raw copy of two different rock cards sell for a total of $10,000. But yet I have these ones that I post that are PSA graded, not raw, and they got a nine, which is acceptable. I have those for a fraction, like a tenth of the cost of that. And just nobody, nobody interested. And that's, that was something I wanted to talk about tonight on that specific thing is like just trying to figure out what exactly is going on with some of these, like, it's, it's almost like these really high end cards sell. And then the exact same things that are below it don't sell. Like sometimes they don't sell at all, but sometimes they sell for way less. What do you think on that? I I don't know. I mean, even, even on the selling the exact same item sometimes you yeah. like you, you you just don't hit it i understand if you're doing something on ebay it's basically on on any given day you know kind of thing like who's watching at that time kind of thing so i i get that um because you you're not a big auction guy you do a lot of set pricing you're, yeah, you're except, a buy it now kind of guy right but my cena was an auction because i, I know like, but, but yeah. my, i get it what i'm getting at is that you know, so recently you started doing like these and making announcements like, hey, I'm doing these weekly auctions now, uh, introducing something new every week. And you're testing that market out so like that. And you're finding that doing that route, it's just whoever's on at any given time. So I don't get it. I mean, I get that aspect of it. I get the aspect of I mean, as someone who's been on eBay since 97, 98. Um, I, I get that, that uh, at any given time theory. Mm-hmm. But I also think when we have these big high number ones going on, there's all kinds of potential possibilities. There's either egos get involved. Uh, you're, you're happy enough to get two people who are in a bidding war on your product. Sure. So that's Makes what you're kind of hoping. That's always you're hoping for. You're hoping that egos get involved. Like, How dare you outbid me? You know, um, that's what you want as a seller. Yeah. So there's either that, that it's happening or we have, I hate saying it, man, but either then you've got a certain crowd of people who are just pumping their stuff up. Maybe I don't know. Could be. I'm not. I'm not. And again, not accusing anybody's like that, but it's it's well documented in our hobby across everything in the collectibles of this kind of shenanigans taking place. You know, whether it be from big, you know, companies, grading companies, auction houses, uh, uh, website. There's all kinds of that stuff going on, uh, and has for years. There's nothing new. So is that possible? Hell yeah, it's possible. Um, I'm not accusing or put calling evidence to anybody. It's like that. I'm just saying that that's just, it is possible. So that makes me feel like, am I not part of that unique click that I can't sell my, <laughs> my Hogan 82s for, you know, $30,000? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm not part of the uh, wrestling card Illuminati. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I want to know who's in that. Yeah, I want to know who's in that too. <laughs> I mean, just because I don't, I don't want membership. I just want to know. (laughs) Do you think it has anything to do with like economics too? Like just the world? Of course it does. Like, Uh, but but what's? I mean, you're talking about a time frame. It's like what? I mean, a month? Yeah. A a month. Like 
has, has the market, uh, you know, for a particular superstar and our hobby changed that much, especially about someone like a, you're using John Cena as an example. What the hell has he done that month that's deteriorated his price value? Nothing. Right. Yeah. And Nothing. I want to be transparent. This is, I'm not complaining. I'm more in observing. Like, no, because I, I mean, you, you and I talked, like I said, off air, we talked before. I mean, we, we talk almost daily and it's just, uh, you know, you knew what you were into that card for it. So you still made a good margin on that. Yep. But is it, you know, it, you had a good sale that could have been a great sale had mm -hmm. it been like somebody else's listing, apparently. Right. Yeah. I want to know sure. that I want to know where this number to 10, you know, rock card that sells for thousands of dollars, you know, to this one seller is not getting me the same amount of price, same amount. I don't know why that is. And I understand with the rock specifically, like, believe it or not, there is a huge discrepancy between Chrome and finest, even though of it's course. similar, like, it's that brand name. It's just like it Prism. Is. When we see Prism come out, I I, I think that's going to be a bigger deal than Topps Chrome. Personally. It is, yeah. So it, it you know there's a lot of factors, but it's just it's it's just an interesting observation. Is there anything specifically that you've seen, whether it's um like the 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 sale or um anything specific on a specific card or set that you've seen recently? Well, for me personally. Uh, as people know, I sent in uh, to Heritage Auctions to have my uh, 82 Cosmos uh, Hogan and Flair. Uh, right. And um, I had a reserve on the Hogan. I did not have one on the Flair. And uh, I had estimated that I was going to probably sell that Flair for somewhere in that $3,000 range because I had checked and saw a similar card sell for around that price, like that high two, 2000 some of the low 3000 maybe around 30, a little over 3,000, maybe, I think, if I'm not mistaken. And so I, I kind of said, hey, I should get mine for the same amount. You know, I think, I think that might have been like a seven, a PSA seven, and mine was an eight. So I thought, okay, I, I have a good shot at maybe, you know, hitting that 3,000. No, uh, the ending price ended up being $1,150 for it. So less than half. Yeah. So it was a huge, huge hit. Uh, and, and my Hogan, which although did not hit my reserve, um, I did not know that after uh, the initial you know, 30 day auction, you know, from the auction house, it has a two week window where people can actually submit and send me offers. Uh, so I had a $15,000 reserve on that, on that card. And uh, this is the first time I ever mentioned it publicly, actually. So I had a $15,000 reserve on that card. It did not hit that number. Uh, within 48 hours, I was contacted by someone from Heritage saying that there was an offer and explained the whole process to me about these offers that come in for that 14 day window afterwards. And, um, I said, here's the offer, uh, and including the buyer's premium, it would be this amount, amount it's like that. So I, I, I end up hitting my, my, my reserve price uh, with the offer. So it's someone who came in late and picked it up. And that, that ended up being with the, uh, with, with, I think with the buyer's uh, premium, it ended up putting it above my reserve price like that. So I'm getting less of my reserve price, but it was a number that I was still happy with because I still had a sure. bottom line number, but right. I, had a, I had a reserve of like, this is kind of what I would like to get it at from the public standpoint, but from a private standpoint, I would take this. And um, it, I'm happy with the sale, but I'm disappointed in the sense that that same card, which only one other person has another card in the same grade, um, We'll probably my and my will probably end up going for double what I I'm going to get for it, right? And I don't understand why that is. So the next thing I wanted to mention is that I've started seeing that we've also talked offline about, and I've actually talked with some other people who are doing the same thing, is that we're starting to kind of see this weird like follow the herd mentality. I don't want to say FOMO because it's not like a, 
it's it's not like they're you know throwing these crazy prices higher and higher and higher to get something it's like they're there's certain segments of wrestling collectors that seem like they were all in on a certain set or a certain mm-hmm. collection or a player or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like you know a week later that we we see them on social media working so hard mm-hmm. doing what me and you say putting the work in to try to get that set or that card or whatever it is and the next thing i know you know me and you like we'll see them selling it for a loss to move into something else because they're just trying to move it and i'm trying like you know for for the longest time it was 82 83 all-stars and then it was the all-in set now it's gold refractors and then you know then it was like indie stuff and then maybe it's upper deck aew like it's just kind of all over the place and i understand like you can have different interests and jump around and stuff like that but like it just it's hard for me to see people work so hard to get something when they're publicly doing it Mm -hmm. and then just like throw that to the wayside it's not even like they're making a huge amount of money on that and then putting it into something else because a lot of times like we'll see them you know they're flipping out about aew blaster boxes and the next thing you need you see they're selling the contents of what they just ripped for like 10 bucks yeah i don't know i see it too but you know everybody had their collecting habits are all different you know so i don't know what they're into i don't know what their end goal is what their end game is um, maybe they're just moving on to the best thing but you know even talking about I consider that like the flavor of the month almost kind of thing. There's always seems to be a lot more of the flavor of the month in the wrestling community now. It never used to be that way, really. Uh, of course, we didn't, have as many, we didn't have as many releases. That's true. Uh, so, I mean, uh, before Tops really started cranking things out in 05, 06, 07, and really kind of making things, uh, uh, you know, seven sets, eight sets, 10 sets a year kind of thing coming out. Um, you know, it was always like, you know, two, three sets a year. That was it. Sure. So you had time to absorb stuff and go out and chase and, and, and have fun, you know, looking for that kind of stuff. Now it's like everybody, maybe there is a little bit of FOMO in that respect. They want to be on that bandwagon and go to the next things like that. That bandwagon mentality, by the way, also applies to even individual stuff that people want to put out there and do that work and put it out there and make it a popular thing. It's like that. Good case in point, man, is that 97 Rock Panini sticker. Yeah. I mean, that was a, that was the flavor of the month, man. And, you know, and, and God bless the Rob Englands out there who made a good killing off that. But after that, you know, nobody talks it, about that anymore. It sucks because I still think it's cool. Like I still have a couple and I think yeah. they're great and I'm going to hang on to them until I decide, Hey, I just don't need this anymore. But yeah. that, I th- that's the really interesting thing that I wish people like, if you're listening to this and you collect wrestling cards, plant your flag, like do what it is you want to do. If it's set collecting, if it's trying to get, uh, set registries with PSA or SGC or whoever else is out there doing them, or whether it's just flipping, like whatever it is you do, just do it, do what's making you happy. Do what's working yeah. for you. Don't, you know, I like at AEW exploded. Guess what? I have zero interest in now I'll buy all the AEW stuff to resell it. People mm-hmm. want to get rid of their commons or whatever. I'll take all that. But uh, as far as like me collecting, I have zero interest in AEW because I love watching the product but for some reason I just have zero attachment to it from a cardboard perspective. And then WWE, like I, I watch it a little bit more and I like certain guys a little bit more. So I'll dabble again, but like, I just like, I enjoy going back and finding like weird stuff from the nineties that nobody's really looking at because I think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Not because I think it's going to like 10 X overnight or not because I saw someone else post it and I'm like, Oh, I got to be like them. Like mm-hmm. pave your own trail, you know? Exactly. I and mean, that's why we all collect differently. Like I said, you know, I'm, I, I don't, I have, 
I've lost that love of going after things mainly because it's, it's an, uh, not a, an achievable goal for me. Like it used to be in, in the, you know, early two thousands, but, um, and I, I've adjusted to that. It didn't, I it didn't keep me out of the hobby. Uh, I was always kept in my, in my ear to the, to the ground and, and checking out what was hot and what was coming out. But, um, my, my interest in the hobby itself has changed. So I'm, I'm not even a physical product that, you know, collector anymore yeah, outside of my Kurt Angle or a Loomis type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I have other fun little projects that I'm, you know, am doing within the hobby itself too, but I'm not jumping on any bandwagons to go like, well, I'm missing out on this or like, uh, I'm a, a fan of that. I got to have that. I just, uh, I'm more, I want more of the information. I'm always been, I'm an information guy now more than anything else. I want that information for the website and to make it the best possible place to go to for that information. But, um, yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's, it's happening more now, more than ever, where we've yeah. seen people kind of like, you know, like you said, all in, like, I got to have that. I got to have that now. And then also that faded away. And now it became like, you know, limitless. And that kind of will go away. The next thing is, you know, it's GCW or it's, you know, the new prism or it's this or it's that. I mean, it, like you said, just pick, you know, plant your flag, man, and go out there and, and have fun and do something that you enjoy doing. Yeah. And we've said it both before, like, it's okay to change your mind on things, but it's just kind of, it's kind of weird to see someone change their mind a month after something came out. What's a, you know, it's a great point. Like I would love to know what like uh, uh, Jamie's doing right now. It's like that guy spent a heck of a time going after all those WCW autograph cards. Mm -hmm. And not that he's, he's not doing what you're saying, they're they're dumping it for a loss like that. He's actually uh, selling it for, for big money, but like he spent this incredible journey going after all those cards and now it seems like he's, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, he's selling, he's piecing it out now, piecing out for other things. I've and, seen some of it for sale, but I assumed they were doubles or he had a higher grade or something like that. But maybe I'm wrong. Well, I can tell you, you don't go out and sign a, you know, sell a hardcore hack because you got doubles. That's true. That's true. <laughs> you don't go out and sell your Rey Mysterio because you got doubles. Also a valid point. Uh, so there's, you know, cool. I mean, it's, it's a cool journey. I, I still love to have Mons a guest with West and those guys and talk about all their individual journeys about doing that at set. But it's just weird to me when you see someone go like that and like spend such a, a lot of time, a lot of work and a lot of money to go out and collect something, get all the praise and kudos for it, which was great because you earned it and then turn around and flip it or try to sell pieces of it to do something else, which is cool, which is great. I'm not, right. I'm not criticizing at all. It's just, I see that a lot with people on social media who are, they're into one thing and then all of a sudden the next month they're into something else. So and and I, I, it could I don't know be because there's, well, it could be because uh, again, maybe going back to the FOMO thing, um, which plays into social media. I like it. I like seeing all these things. I like, I like seeing all the shiny stuff. I like seeing the all-stars. I like seeing food issue products. I like seeing people do super collections of random wrestlers that you never thought anybody even cared about. That's like, you know, maybe they're not even, I, I don't know. Like it, maybe it was somebody that was a blip on the radar in WWE that had certain cards, but somebody has got a full rainbow. Like that's just, I yeah. love seeing that from a social media, but I think there are people that get on social media and they're like, Oh, that's cool. But they can't just end with, Oh, that's cool. It's, Oh, that's cool. I got to buy it. Yep. You know, instead of like you, you said it yourself, you're collecting information. That's the same concept as how I'm going about. It. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Oh, I didn't know this existed here. Like, you know, that doesn't mean, I have to go out and actually chase it though. And I think that's one uh, thing I've been able to stay really disciplined on. Fortunately. I just, I, I see people out there posting uh, their stuff too. And, and I'm, I'm more, uh, I tend to 
DM them or message them going, Hey, it's so cool. Can I get a scanned image of that from the front bags <laughs> like that? And uh, like what you, know, you don't, you don't want to buy it from me. No, just no the I don't want, I just want the image, man. I think it's so cool. <laughs> Congratulations on getting that one-on-one or, you know, I think that's awesome. But yeah, now I know where it's at. I like to be able to be able to have an image of it so I can post on the checklist so people can know what it looks like. Right. <laughs> yeah. And another thing that I think that's been interesting is how this mentality we're talking about has affected pricing. Like, you know, at one point, I don't think you probably could have gotten raw Hogan 85 cards for like less than a hundred dollars. Now I'm seeing them out there for 20 or 30 bucks. I would, yep. but we talk constantly about how the market's going to go up and down, but it seems like with wrestling cards, especially these big iconic cards or sets, it sets a new floor. And we're starting to see some of these cards, the floor going down, which is interesting. I've, which is I've, strange. Cause this is now the first time that I've talked to anybody recently um and discussing a floor level actually going down yeah and and there has been definitely like i've seen it and um i, I just I, I don't know what exactly is the, the factors and do it. you think everybody else was just selling 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 and dumping and hoping for this panini product are they selling 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 because now they're getting into something else like I, i'm gonna get rid of my 85 hogan's because i want to get into you know, limitless. <laughs> I don't know. I'm wondering if people are over leveraged in cards, period. Possibly. And just life circumstances, they, they need to get out of it. Or again, prisms coming out. Maybe they just think they've got to have that. So they're just trying to get rid of old stuff. I don't know. Or life happens, you know, maybe I got to sell my stuff and liquidate it all because I have an upcoming surgery. I don't know what the yeah, problem with yeah. the person's. And again, is, so. that's a totally different thing that there's yeah. also nothing wrong with that, but yeah. it's, uh, it's just interesting. Um, and let's kind of transition from that into the next thing. Oh boy. Um, buying, selling, and trading on social media. Wow. <laughs> oh uh, my. Yeah, I, I do. Let, let's I, 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 I sort of, I don't have as much experience of this as you do as of late because <laughs> so I, I kind of live through you in that sense because you, you constantly let me know what's going on. So I got, and I've had some experience in that, but wow, like, I don't want to get involved anymore. It seems like it's just, go for it, man. Go ahead. There's a lot to start with. Well, first off, um, I'm happy to take all the collections that people are liquidating, uh, cards you don't want, uh, cards you're not interested in anymore. I will happily buy everything because I run a full-time eBay store and I'm, I'm, you know, we've talked before about not trying to squeeze a lot of the dollars out of it. I buy cards in bulk or in lots I shoot them a price based on what I think, based on what I know I can make margins on. I resell them in the eBay store. That's how business works. But there are a lot of people out there who think they've got a lot of, they think whatever they're going to sell you the card for, they want that comp. And I'll say, okay, well, if you want the comp, go list it on eBay yourself. Put in the hours, the listing, yeah. the pictures. Do if you're, I'm getting this at a cheaper rate because I'm willing to put in the hours of work that takes to do this. But I'm, but you're also buying in bulk too. And there's yes. something to be said for when you're buying in bulk. So there is a bulk pricing type of stuff that got, I used to do this all the time when I had a booth at Frankenstein back in the sure. day, people, people would bring me their 5,000 count boxes. It's it was ridiculous too. It's the funny story on that is I sold someone a uh, Raw versus SmackDown, which is like a die cut uh, a relic card mm -hmm. of an Edge card. Okay, beautiful card because it had the TM trademark logo of the T-shirt right in the middle of the actual fabric. I thought it was so cool, man, and I sold it. Not even six months later, I got it back in a large collection that I bought. 
the same exact piece from the same person, by the way, I turned around and sold to someone else. A year later, I got it back because that from, from a whole different seller, because uh, a, a seller, because that person I sold to the second time, a different person, he sold to somebody else who sold somebody else and it came back to me again. Mm-hmm. It's just, but every time it came, comes down, it comes back to me. It was always like, I'm buying in bulk. So I expect to have a bulk price like that. I was like, well, mm-hmm. it has this trademark logo. I said, dude, I'm the one who put that trademark logo one out in the market. <laughs> like, yeah. I pulled it from a box. <laughs> um, so it's just, people don't understand the economics and uh, when it comes to uh, selling and reselling. Right. And as you've always said, and a lot of your own shows too, uh, is you got to put in that, to put in the man hours. If you're willing to put the man hours in and work on your margins like that, you're going to make money in this business. Uh, whether now, because it's like, well, I'm only making 25 cents, man. You're selling like after the fees and they're like, yeah, but I have a thousand items that I'm going to make a 25 cent margin on. It's like right. a 25 cent profit on. I don't know about you, but do the math. Right. I still, I still good money. And the thing for me is like, for some, I, I'm probably like mentally ill, but I love the process. It's hours and hours and hours of work, but like, I love getting these boxes and get like, it has the same, I guess, dopamine hit for some people who like to rip blasters. Is how 100%. I'm going through those boxes. Like this is amazing. I love it. I love it too. I went, I bought that collection uh, last year out in California when mm-hmm. I went and drove out there and it had, um, I paid ridiculously. The guy's like, yeah, I'm just going to dump the whole box. I went through it. It's got a, there's a Griffey, uh, Griffey rookie card in there. So it's not in the greatest condition, but it's a Griffey rookie card. So, yeah. It, it had four of the, no, five of the eight, you know, uh, um, imagine, uh, wrestling autograph cards in it. So I had yep. Bruno San Martino. I had, you know, Luth as it had all these great names. So I, I paid like a fraction. I mean, I, it was, yeah, but could you, I'm taking, I'm the one taking the gamble. Yeah, it's not because you're trying to rip anyone off. I think that's what n- people don't understand is the, like, it, it's not like we're blatantly trying to rip people off. It's that, hey, there's, again, man hours, time. There, you know, a lot of the bulk stuff you end up buying, if, especially if it's base cards, low end inserts, maybe it's even autographs of talent. That's like, you know, it's a $5 autograph. Like, sure. you don't understand. They don't understand that you may have to sit on that for like a year, even sometimes yeah. to get to move that stuff. So, or you, um, or you may end up putting them in another uh, bulk box and sell somebody else for a wholesale, right. even at a loss, just so that, you know, dead inventory is always going to be dead inventory as opposed to taking that dead inventory, selling it at a loss and reinvesting it. So something that becomes a positive inventory. Right. And I don't think people understand that. No. So I, I've got, I've got some sellers out in California. I used to deal with all the time that, you know, had a 2,300 square foot you know, warehouse of non-sport stuff. And he just sat on these boxes for a year and probably still sitting on them for years and years. And I was like, well, I paid, I paid, uh, you know, 36 and change, you know, direct from the manufacturer back then. I can't sell these things or they sell them for 15 bucks a box. And I'm like, well, that's the market. The market's yeah. 10 to 12, 15 bucks a box. Take the loss, sell the 30 boxes that you have at 15 bucks a piece, go buy your next Buffy the Vampire Slayer case that you know you're gonna make money on, right? And I do, I do want to say, um, and we kind of went on a tangent talking yeah. about bulk and stuff, but um, there are good people out there that are that know what they're doing and know how to negotiate and understand that hey, I don't want to put the work in to sell these, you know, three, four hundred cards, or maybe it's even just ten cards. Like, even if you're buying in a lot, you've got to expect that whoever you're selling it to is generally. If they're, a, you know, I don't know that I want to call myself a dealer, but like quasi dealer, maybe um, like you're going to have to get that at a certain price because they're going to resell the product by putting in the work, as we've said. But there are some people out there, two people I want to specifically shout out. 
Bryce Naramore and Travis Fowler, both of these guys are in the Card Foundation Patreon group and they're on Instagram as well. And I've done numerous buys, sells, and trades, combinations of all of that with both of these guys. And it's been top notch. So they are out there collecting with Caleb, another good one. I've done a lot of trades mm-hmm. with Uncle Danny's hooking me up with those all-star autographs, giving me uh, you know, really good prices on stuff. So don't don't let what we're saying just flat out discourage you. But yeah. I think this is mainly us coming from people who are selling maybe selling more or people that are bringing us cart. Cause we're starting to get that too. We've talked about that. People are starting no, to we were talk about begin this episode before we start recording. I was showing you pictures. Like someone wants me to, you know, see if I can move something for them wants to sell me something. Right. And it's so one on item. Like I, if I was back in the game of doing what you do, cause I used to do it very heavily for a long time. You know, I'm not buying to collect in that case. I'm buying to sell. And that's yes. a different mindset completely. Yes, completely. Like you want to give me carrying cross or like Hogan gold prisms or something. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. In fact, one of the recent trades I did with someone on Instagram, I can, you know, it'll be posted by now, but I finally got one of those 1998 rock autograph cards. Took me forever. A lot of hard work to get it, but finally got one. Absolutely happy with it. I did a cash and trade with a guy that I didn't even know on Instagram. It, it, it can happen, but yeah. he was, he was willing to move on his price. I was willing to pay you know, more than I initially, it, it's all negotiation. And yeah. we were, you know, he, he's like, Hey, I just need some stuff to resell plus some cash. And I was like, Hey, I would like this for at least PC for now. And probably for the foreseeable future, it's all about negotiation. And if you're coming to people, whether it's us, whether it's other people on Instagram, Twitter, and we can talk one other thing I want to talk about in just a minute is if you're going to put a price out there, be willing to negotiate and understand who's buying it. Because if someone is buying it as a dealer seller store owner you've got to understand that yeah they'll take it off your hands but you're also going to have to give it at a discount if you don't want to do that that's okay go out and put it on ebay yourself do the work yourself Um, most people aren't willing to do that that transitions into the sale threads that we see on twitter um i have not had very good luck with this how has your how's your experience Uh, been i say zero up until this evening i think so i actually did sell something for the first time on well not the first time i'm sitting here throwing a zero like i'm a a bagel over here i actually have now i'm thinking about it i've had a couple sell but i would say 98 percent of the time nothing yeah and what do you think that is i mean i i there's there's been times where i have approached people and it's just what we said like they're not willing to budge on their price but then there's uh kind of going you know going full circle on this episode and going back to the first like all of a sudden, everybody wants these, um, you know, pick pick a set, pick, um, 2014 Chrome, all in, whatever it is. People seem to want these. You put it out there at the going rate, if not a little bit below. Yeah. And people either don't want it at all. You get no response or they want it for 10 bucks. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. We've had these conversations before through text a lot. It's like that. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm offering it out there just below what the current comps are. It's like that. Like, oh, I'm not going to pay that. I mean, I didn't know you're going to be that price. Like, well, what did you think I was going to give it to you for? Like, yeah. <laughs> again, really and understand. again, if, if they were, maybe they were up front with me and they were like, hey, I'm a dealer. I own a card shop. I would be interested in this, but I would prefer buying in bulk if you have some other stuff to offer. Like, sure. Again, it's a negotiation thing. And um, I, I just don't think people understand. I don't know. I don't understand either. So kind it's of a, a crazy world kind of random topics that we had covered tonight. Um, is there anything else that you can think of that is coming to mind about kind of the weird landscape of markets and popularity of some of these cards that, you know, they were top of the world and now they're like 
opening card jobbers and some of them are in the middle and I, don't I just know. think we're, we're going to see more. I think we're going to see more. It's, you know, we talked about the fanatics deal. So I have to happen with Panini now and also we're just going to see more of it. We're going to, you know, the next AEW release comes out. We're just going to see more of this wide range of mentality, this wide range of buying and selling and flexing and uh, what's popular, what's not popular. Um, it's, it's just an evolving market anyways. It just, it wasn't as prevalent in wrestling cards as it was in other things. And now our market, because what we've always wanted, we've wanted more eyeballs on our product and we've got that and we're getting more by the day. Uh, and I, so I expect more of this behavior to keep going, I think. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I again, I, I go back, I've said this numerous times. Like I feel like a lot of the people in the sports card world sometimes can get negotiated. Like how many, how much content out there do you see about people trying to make deals over the top of a showcase, you know, sitting there for 30 minutes, an hour to like trying to negotiate cash. Here's another card. What can we, let's swap these out. How about this deal? That that kind of thing. As opposed to uh, somebody that comes to me with a card that says, well, this is the eBay comp, take it or leave it. And like, well, it's not a PC piece, leave it. Do you think it's almost like the, (laughs) it kind of plays into the whole mentality or the notion of, well, they're just wrestling fans. What do they know? They're dumb people. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, do, do, do you think wrestling card collectors get the same stigma as being wrestling fans uh i, I do i absolutely a little do bit think that. yeah i think if you it's it's part of that stigma of being involved in anything that has to do with wrestling i think people who uh, uh see you as someone who collects wrestling cards maybe you're not as intelligent or as smart as sure. someone who collects basketball cards or football cards I can see that being a possibility of why people like, you know, oh, well, I mean, I, I, whatever the case would be, I, th- I think they get talked down upon. I really do. And I don't good, care. Good I, I, don't, I, I don't care if people want to look at me as being that. Like, you know, thank God I have a wife that uh, kind of me goes, you know, I, I, you know, you are a big nerd. You know that, Tony? And I go, yeah. come on, man. And I go, whatever. And so she's like, no, you are. I'm just providing content out there. It's like, now you're a nerd with all your little nerd friends. And you guys have your little nerd meetings and your nerd podcast. And, talk about your and I, I go, well, fine. But you I know what? But I'm having fun. I'm having more fun than I ever have doing this. Like, again, it goes back to whether I'm putting the cross collection together, getting the all-stars autographs together, buying and selling stuff to do eBay. Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm doing the content. Like, I'm having a blast. And you know, I will, if somebody wants to call me a nerd because I like this uh, sweaty men in tights on cardboard, I will absolutely own that. <laughs> and if somebody wants to come out there and say, you're a jerk, thinks that you're something because you're trying to lowball me on my, you know, 1990 classic Hulk Hogan that there's 5 million of out there. I'll own that too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I, it's because it's funny, you know, it's someone who's not really involved in the hobby or was a wrestling fan at one time and probably doesn't want to tell you they that they were yeah. like, Oh, I, I found these, uh, this box of cards that I had when I was a kid. And, uh, you know, uh, I did, I checked eBay and, uh, you know, they're going for, they're going for this. And, um, you know, so I'm willing to sell them to you for this. Like, well, that's, I, I'm not in it. I'm not in it to buy what they're going for on eBay. I'm, yeah. I'm in it to buy for so I can sell it for that price on eBay. <laughs> oh, but come on. They were big stars in the nineties. Big stars oh, in the nineties. Nineties yeah. junk wax era. Oh, mm, I, okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> I hear it, which we all kind of know before you even get in the, com- the beginning of sure. a conversation, you kind of know that's where it's going anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. Well, that was uh, quite the different show that we've had than, than normal. And I think it's a lot of fun. So Tony. Yeah. That's... And again, again, there's no, there's no, 
not throwing a, there's, by no means am I, or I'm, I'm pretty sure you two, we're not throwing anybody under the bus. Uh, not specifically, about, no. Yeah. Uh, of like, you know, you're a horrible person or this, that, and the other side. It's just our experience that we've seen uh, uh, over, you know, our collecting and, and selling well, careers. And, and that I know that others have seen too, that don't sure. want to put it out and, and I, I won't, you know, out yeah. anybody, but I'm sure maybe you've had it too, where people DM you and be like, Hey, I had a bad experience with this guy or I have, um, I mean, I've had those, we've all had those. Yeah. But, um, you know, I've, I've always been kind of shy at trying to, trying to protect a brand like WTC. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to build a brand, trying to protect it as much as I can. But at the same time, I think, you know, you, you've got to call a spade a spade sometimes and you got to put things out there. And, um, you know, I know you get, we, we, we both get polarizing figures on our podcast and talk to certain people that may raise flags from some people like, oh, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't have that person. It's like, well, you know what? I shouldn't have them for just because for you or for the select few that don't, or I shouldn't deal with this person because you've had a bad experience. I'll wait till I've had that bad experience first, and then I'll make my decision if I want to deal with that person anymore. So there's a lot of room in this uh, hobby for a lot of different personalities. Yep. And, um, and they're not know, even personalities we have to agree with. I want to say that too. 100%. Like, 100%. I, like so, people can have completely opposite views of me, and I'm okay with that because I like to hear the variety. I learned from that. So, um, you know, I just, um, it, it's, it's, it's almost borderline political right now where we're getting on this, uh, you know, one side or the other where it's uh, politics kind of mentality thinking almost. And it all and I, started with prism. You know, well, <laughs> it, it hasn't started from with prism actually. It actually, it's been growing since before then. It's just becoming more prevalent now. It's becoming more yeah, of, a, probably right. of, of a, I wouldn't say it's not a cool thing, but it's just more of a, a thing now that uh, can be, seen more it's not like this underbelly anymore it's now becoming more of a public thing now and um i'm hoping that the negativity of stuff goes away and that we can kind of get back to just understanding that we all collect different ways um some of us who don't even collect at all we're just collecting information basically um but just kind of getting to that mentality you know pick your lane you don't have to stay in it but just you know don't tell me how to live my lane (laughs) Right. Yeah. And this, um, you know, kind of going back to start of this, like we're talking markets, landscape and mindset. Uh, It doesn't have any like what we're saying today doesn't really have any implication on like how you actually collect, whether you're a set collector, super collector. uh, Again, this maybe you're trying to get to put together a set registry with PSA. Like, I don't care. Like, I think all that stuff's fun and awesome, but it's it's just the understanding of other people, I guess, is kind of what we're getting at here with. Um, trying to figure out why people change their minds and uh, understanding yeah. different perspectives. Yeah. So again, no, no, there's no, we're not trying to single out any uh, set of people at all. It's like that or any one person. It's just, um, these are just our experiences and we're sharing them with people. So I'm sure you, uh, the people who's listening probably have experienced them like this too. So just want to be that, be clear, you know, we're just sharing. That's why we started the content, yeah. share experiences, information, and, you know, anything we can do to, help the hobby in any way, even if it's just one person. So Tony, let everybody know where they can find you or anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here. WrestlingTradingCards.com. Also, which I haven't been talking about a lot lately and I'm stupid for not doing that. Is I, (laughs) you know, I'm a a promoter now of running a convention. So I run, uh, uh, co-promote a show called Top Rope Con. It's Top Rope Wrestling Con in Tampa, Florida on September 17th uh, at the Florida State uh, Fairground Expo Hall. And uh, we've got a good lineup of people, many more names coming out. Um, I appreciate everybody who's shown support, become a sponsor. Um, and uh, yeah, check it out at toprope.com. 
And, uh, you know, if you're in that area, in the Florida area, I want to make a trip down to Florida in September. Uh, love to see you guys there. Be, be, there'll be a lot of card card uh, presence there for sure. Not Yeah, sure. it's not a spoiler at this point, but for all of you guys listening to this, if you want to do, you know, if you don't want to wait on the national and you don't want to go to Dallas because there's not enough wrestling cards there, go to this convention because the card foundation guys will be there. There could be numerous other card dealers. Uh, you never know what's going to happen. It could be some surprises, all kinds of stuff, probably not announced yet. But to be uh, specific though, this my show does take place after the national. Oh, I thought it was before. Oh, you're right. I yeah. forgot the national was in. Well, um, are you going, by the way? I, I am. For sure. Are oh, you getting 100%. a booth or doing anything specific there? Can't say. <laughs> All right, to moving be, on. To be determined. <laughs> that is my bad. For some reason, I was thinking the national was earlier in the summer. but Nope, already got I mean, hotel, already got, already got VIP it's ticket, got the whole bit. All right, Tony, wrestlingtrainingcars.com and yep. topperupcon.com. Correct. Yeah, so I probably will make some kind of a post somewhere on uh, on uh, WTC to because uh, WTC is a quote unquote sponsor of the show. So why um, not? Absolutely, uh, got to get their trading cards in front of people. Put it out there, just like that. But uh, enough about me, man. Where can they find you? Where can't where can't they find you? <laughs> uh, Snapchat. I'm not on Snapchat. I don't even know what that is, to be honest with you. And I sound so old saying that, but it is what it is. Wrestling with cards <laughs> on YouTube, where you can sure to find controversial wrestling card videos where you will hate me and tell me you know everything about it. And hey, that's cool. As long as you're watching, sounds good to me. Um, check me out on social media at Zan Morning. Uh, you can find links to everything Tony's talked about, everything I've talked about in the show notes for our link trees. Everything we're doing is on there. One of the biggest things you can do for this show is hit that subscribe button on whatever popular podcast platform you're listening to this to and share a friend. I mean, you've got to try to grow the listener base and grow the specific wrestling card hobby, because as we've said a million times before we started doing this, nobody was. So we're just going to keep that you know momentum going the best we can. And we need you, the listeners, if you're digging the shows, if you're digging our YouTube videos, whatever it is, uh, just keep supporting, keep telling people about the show and get more people into wrestling cards. But Thank you guys for listening. Again, uh, reach out to us on social media if you've got opinions, questions, or hey, if you actually want to sell some stuff at a bulk <laughs> rate, maybe me or Tony interested. Probably more so me than Tony, but hey, you never know. We'll try to. And you know, another thing too is like sometimes you get people reach out to me and I'm just like, oh yeah, I know a guy who super collects them and I'm able yep. to like steer them the right. So it's like, I'm not always involved in buying, selling, but I'm happy to like help get people cards into their collection. So if Again. I'm buying anything from me, by the way, if I'm buying anything from me, it'd probably be, I'm not totally in the market for it, but I dabble here and there where I'm trying to gather uh, base sets, just the most base set of, any, of, of wrestling card sets. Because as people know, that I'm going to be opening a store here in Phoenix, Arizona, and uh, I like to be well stocked with a lot of different variety of sets that uh, I can start selling to customers and stuff like that and hope that uh, we can get some new people into the hobby. Absolutely. And, and what a great way to do it, you know, just get it, get it to them. It's almost like a little starter kit and they can enjoy whatever era of whatever organization of the, that specific set. Yep. So, so if you guys got full sets, reach out to Tony. And uh, again, thanks for listening. Thank you for your continued support until next week. We'll see you. Ouch.